Welcome to the Radiant Podcast. We are so glad you joined us today. This podcast features messages, interviews, and discussions from Radiant Church located in Seneca, South Carolina. For more information about Radiant, visit RadiantChurchSC.com. Here's today's episode. Welcome to Radiant Church. My name is Andrew. I'm the lead pastor. We're so glad you could join us today. From wherever you're watching, listening from, if this is your first time joining us, hey, go to RadiantChurchSC.com and click I'm New. We fill that short form online for us as a way of saying thanks. We're going to donate $5 to one of the nonprofits that's listed. Well, before we get into our teaching here today, if you're watching or listening in real time, and today is a very important day, we're receiving our first legacy offering right here at Radiant. Everyone wants to leave behind a legacy, right? They want to make an impact. And so at Radiant, we're going to hold a legacy offering every single year to help with just that. Think of it as an investment, a shot in the arm to make a kingdom impact. We'll talk about what our legacy lanes are next year. Um, and those are going to be the distinct areas that most of our resources will go to. But this year, our legacy offering is focused solely on our facilities. Before Radiant Church held its first services, we inherited two facilities, a children's building and what we call our, our main building, where we hold our Sunday morning service at. While we're blessed to have these facilities, and we absolutely are, um, and to have them during COVID, right, so we could launch last September, they require a lot of work. There was years of deferred maintenance that we inherited, and uh, it's taken a big toll, and we need to improve these facilities, both externally and internally. Now, I know what you're thinking. You're thinking, okay, wait a minute, Pastor, the church isn't the facility, right? It's the people, and that's 100% true. Don't get me wrong. However, I really believe that taking care of what God has given you is important. And I believe the Matthew 25 principle is true, that if you use what God has given you, He can open the doors for more. And we have done that. We've allowed other churches and Clemson Student Ministries to use our facilities over the last year to reach people for Christ. We offer the use of our facilities for showers and cooking and other uses during the spring tornado that devastated our community in 2020 before we even launched as a church. And in the future, we have a vision to use our facilities to further build and expand the kingdom of God. But it takes an investment, and we, we're already doing a lot of work right now um, on the facilities, and there's much more that remains. And so we're asking you to help us make an impact with this legacy offering. And you may not be local. You might be watching and listening from you know 10 states away or even on another continent. Looking at you, Ireland. You tune in every week, man. Uh, we're asking you to play a part too, okay? And so these messages and the podcasts that are shot by the way, uh, are, are in these facilities <laughs> that we're talking about. So you're giving, it helps ensure that that continues and to reach people not just in South Carolina, but also around the globe. So you can give online by going to our website, go to radiantchurchsc.com legacy, and uh, we'll leave that legacy tab up online for the remainder of the year. We hope you'll contribute and be a part of what God is doing at Radiant Church. He is just getting started. All right, let's shift gears, okay, and jump into our teaching for today. I don't, I don't know if you grew up in church uh, or not, but if you did, you may have shared an experience similar to, to what I had. I could always count on <laughs> basically two sermons. Uh, you had the main message that our pastor gave, and then you had like a short mini message almost that happened when the offering came about. Now, there wasn't anything wrong with that. 
I think it's important that you actually teach about giving in you know, the right way. But for someone who was trying to figure out their faith, like I was at the time, boy, it was a big turnoff. And, and I didn't understand, you know, that, that's, that was the problem, right? I didn't understand why there had to be so much discussion about giving to the church. Some of you feel the exact same way. In fact, you may have even stayed away from church for years just because of this very issue. Uh, maybe you had a bad experience with church mismanaging funds, or you got tired of constantly hearing about money every time you're turned around. Um, here's the thing at Radiant. We're, we're not going to be shy um, with, with money discussions. Now, we're not going to talk about it every week, but we're not going to shy away from it. Um, and, and we're going to have a teaching series, actually, on generosity, which will focus exclusively on giving on a regular basis. Now, here's why. The vast majority of Christians have not been taught correctly about giving. What we've learned over the last two weeks here in this teaching series we're calling you know, thanks and giving, is that nothing is ours. It's all God's. Psalm 24, 1 tells us that. We learned about the importance of allowing God to manage our lives, um, how our job is to surrender ourselves and all we have over to Him. And we do it with hearts, by the way, that is full of gratitude in the process. And this means that our finances, well, they're not ours either. They belong to God also. And so we're going to teach you what it means to give God's way. So let's start with, you know, what a couple of basic terms uh, you hear in a church service, what they actually mean. Um, tithes and offerings. There's, there's a difference between these two. And uh, it's, it's pretty clear the term tithe is kind of a lightning rod for a lot of folks. It gets a lot of emotions sparked up in people, again, because of incorrect teaching. Uh, let's just start there. What, what is a tithe? What is it? Is it some kind of you know, religious tax? Is it a way for the church to profit off the backs of people? Uh, is it even something you actually have to do? There's a lot of different ideas, mostly incorrect, about tithing out there. And you can choose to buy into any one of them. But if you really want to know and understand something, you need to learn why that something exists in the first place. So the actual word tithe is very archaic. No one uses that word outside of a church ever. Uh, but it means tenth portion. <clears throat> it comes from the Old Testament concept of bringing your first fruits, which were the first harvests of your crops, uh, to the Lord. And it's an equal opportunity offender. So whether you have $10 or $10,000, the baseline percentage is roughly the same. It's basically 10%. Tithing wasn't instituted, by the way, um, by the church. It wasn't done to profit from folks, and the church actually did not set the amount. If you really want to know how tithing began, you have to go all the way back to the first book of the Bible, a book called Genesis, to a story about two brothers named Cain and Abel. Now, Abel was a shepherd, and he brought God the best and the first of his flock as an act of worship. And we can look at it this way, that Abel got paid, and then he gave God the first before he gave to everything else. Cain, he was a farmer, and he brought God the leftovers. He got paid, gave to everybody else, and then gave God what was left. So God blesses Abel, but he doesn't bless Cain. And one of the big takeaways from this story, and the reason why we always end our in-person services with this exact phrase, is this. Giving is a form of worship. In fact, giving reflects my commitment to Christ. Abel was deeply committed to God, and his giving reflected that commitment. Now, staying in Genesis, along comes a man named Abraham. And he's blessed by a priest named Melchizedek. He gave Melchizedek 10% of everything that he had. Now, 
Did God tell Abraham to do that? No. In fact, you know, God didn't even tell Abel to give him the best either. No one told these guys to give the best or to give 10%. They did it out of their response to God, out of response to their commitment to the Lord. Fast forward a little bit more, and we get to the second book of the Bible called Exodus, and we, we get to the story of Moses. And after he leads Israel out of slavery in Egypt, they find themselves at the foot of Mount Sinai, where Moses receives God's law. And this is when tithing becomes kind of official. It took the heart of Abel and the model of Abraham, and it put it into practice. So tithing starts with our commitment, that's the heart part, then it parts with the first 10% of our income, that's the model, and it's done consistently, and that is the practice. It's not done because, you know, the church wants your money, it's done because I'm following in the footsteps of Abel and Abraham and Moses, and as we're going to see in a moment here, Jesus, uh, you know, he reaffirms this practice. It's not just an Old or New Testament thing. He actually talks about this. We'll get to it a little bit later. When I tithe, it shows that I'm putting God first, that my commitment to the Lord is reflected in my heart in the act of worship which takes place in giving. One of the primary indicators you're putting God first as a follower of Christ is the act of tithing. It's, it's like this check in your life which affirms that you're not putting, you know, the different areas of your lives, these buckets we talked about before, ahead of God, right? You're putting God first in every area. Um, so let's just be real for a moment too, right? And let's not kid ourselves because the reality is that money talks, doesn't it? And that's why Proverbs 3.9 gives us this important piece of wisdom. Uh, Proverbs 3.9 says this, Honor the Lord with your wealth and with the best part of everything you produce. We honor God both with our wealth and our ability to produce more of it. And so in doing so, we have this promise that we'll always have enough. So it kind of works like this. You get paid and you give God the first 10%. You say, Pastor, I want to, but I just can't. Got to pay rent, got to pay mortgage, got to get groceries. I, I, I totally understand that. Remember Psalm 24.1, does God own it all? Yes. If God owns it all, won't he make sure you have what you need? Yes. Listen carefully, because when you manage everything yourself, you never have enough. But when you manage things God's way, and this includes your finances, you always have more than enough. I have lived this out, and so have so many others. Right, when we first got married, Shana and I made a commitment. We would not only tithe, we would also give offerings. So offerings are things like, you know, that go beyond tithing, you know, missions and projects and youth camps and then that, that kind of thing. Uh, we had debt wrapped up in student loans. We had two vehicles. We were upside down in a big way. Any reasonably intelligent person would say you can't give what you don't have. 100% true. But every year we found extra money. It came, you know, randomly, small amounts, large amounts, whatever. But today we have none of that debt. We've got, we got a house, we got kids, we're not homeless, we're not starving, we're okay. Uh, God always provides, and He always gives more than enough. The truth is, God doesn't want or need your money, He wants your heart. And that's the thing about giving. Giving always starts with your heart. It's one of the reasons why God loves to bless a cheerful giver, as 2 Corinthians teaches us. God wants to, he, he, he wants your heart. And, and when you give, it needs to be from your heart. Now, I just want to warn you about a dangerous trap that you can fall into, though. Because the longer you follow Christ, if you're not careful, the longer you serve and follow Him, the easier it can become to be legalistic. 
They can fall into this trap thinking, well, if I tithe, I'm always going to enjoy God's blessing and favor and provision as if nothing bad will ever happen to you. You know, we, we can tithe out of, you know, guilt or out of an expectation that if I do this, God has to answer in this way, almost like a formula to manipulate outcomes. Giving is an act of worship at this point when that happens. It no longer becomes something, you know, joyful. In Luke chapter 11, we read about an encounter that Jesus has with religious leaders. They have tithed, but they haven't shown love for God, and they certainly haven't shown love for other people. They thought they were doing everything right, but Jesus corrected them. Luke 11 verse 42. He says, you should tithe, yes, but do not neglect the more important things. So in other words, if you want to benefit from God's blessing and favor, you cannot treat tithing as a religious formula. If I give faithfully, but live with anger and hatred towards other people, I'm not doing it right. If I give faithfully, but I can't forgive somebody, I'm missing it. You know, like you need to make sure your heart is right first and then tithe. So God will honor your act of giving. Now, Luke 11 does something else for us, too. It debunks the myth that tithing is an Old Testament thing. I said I would come back to this idea a little while ago. So here we are. Uh, Jesus states very clearly we should tithe, something we should do. He did not come to eliminate the Old Testament. He came to fulfill it, Matthew 5, 17 says. So why is that important? Because there's a really famous verse in Malachi that's often quoted in the teachings on this subject that's very relevant for us here today. Malachi 3.10. Bring all the tithes into the storehouse. This is God speaking here. So there'll be enough food in my temple. And if you do, this is the Lord of Heaven's armies, I will open the windows of heaven for you and I will pour out a blessing so great you won't have enough room to take it in. Try it and put me to the test. Now Israel had not been faithfully tithing as they should have at that point. So God reminds them of this very important act of worship. They need to bring their tithes into the storehouse, the temple. And what does God promise? to do. He promises that he will bless them. There's no temple today, right? So what's the storehouse? Well, the storehouse for us is the local church community. If Radiant is your home church, this is your storehouse. We're not bringing God crops. I don't live in an agrarian economy anymore, so we bring finances. But the principle remains the same. What's brought is used as provision for different ministries and day-to-day operations of your church community and activity. And so when you give tithes and offerings, you're helping God's kingdom grow. You're helping make you know, impact and lives are changing. You're helping to leave a legacy which lasts for eternity. And the blessing in Malachi 3.10, you know, it's not found in more stuff. It's found in God providing you with everything that you need. God said he would bless Israel so much they would not be able to contain it. And that's because when you give God the best, he blesses the rest. He blesses the rest. God says, test me in this and I will bless you. You know, see, many of us are trying to manage all the things in our lives by keeping what God's provided to ourselves. And we put our own blessing on it, right? We try to make it all about us. But the lesson from Malachi 3.10 is that if we put God first, he blesses the rest. And we end up with so much left over. We don't even have room to contain all of our needs. And that's what happens, right? When you realize that God has given you so much, more than you even need. And you're like, you know what? I, I, I can pay it forward. I got to pay it forward. And what happens, you become a legacy 
capacity builder for the kingdom of God. And you start giving out of the access he's blessed you with right back to him. And this over and above giving is what we call offerings. And so every time you give to missions, it's over and above, it's an offering. When you give today in our legacy offering, it's over and above, it's an offering. But there's another promise in Malachi chapter 3 as well, one which is almost always overlooked. In the very next verse, in verse number 11, God says, if his people will put him first, he says this, your crops will be abundant, for I will guard them from insects and disease. Your grapes will not fall from the vine before they are ripe, says the Lord of heaven's armies. Okay, in other words, what God is trying to say here, he's like, hey, you know what? I'm going to protect you from things which could spoil the excess he's left you with. So when the collective group of us, the church, okay, lives this way, then God will not only provide for his house here, he'll provide for all of our houses as well. And this is God's plan, I think, for your finances. But, but when you start thinking, you know, like, well, you know, here's the thing. God doesn't need all this. He's God. I can keep some back for me. Then you get into rough waters. Because the hard but very real truth is this. If you can't live on 90%, you're not going to fare better with 100%. So much of our culture wants us to throw money at every problem, thinking, oh, that'll solve the issue. But if the fundamentals are off, if the principles aren't right, no amount of money can solve it. Worse, you're withholding from God what very little he asks you to return back to him. It's all his anyway, right? He owns it all. And it has a direct impact, by the way, on reaching people far from him. Because, you know, see, people who are far from God, they matter. Planting new churches, giving to missions, well, they matter because they reach different kinds of people. Caring for the poor and providing relief when disaster strikes, that matters because in caring for the needs of others, we're reaching people for Jesus. Freeing people from sex trafficking matters because they're not only getting their lives back, they're learning to have a purpose and a role to play in this world that God has ordained for them. That little bit that you're giving back to God, it actually will go a long way. Think about that for a moment, right? In fact, even think, think about this too. You know, 5% of Americans actually tithe. 5% of American Christians, I'm sorry, tithe. If all the Christians in America and those around the world, the universal church, began to live out this important financial principle of tithing, this question um, was asked a few years ago, but what, what would happen, right? What would happen if they did that? Well, here's what, what a study found. I found this, that $165 billion would go to kingdom work. $25 billion could get in you know, the economy and relieve hunger in five years. $12 billion could wipe out illiteracy within five years. $15 billion would solve the world's water issues. $1 billion would fund every missionary in the world, and we would still have about $100 billion left over to plant other campuses and churches. It's crazy. And Radiant, we're going to give God the, the first and the best. It's not ours. It belongs to Him. We believe his promises are true, and he'll certainly bless the rest. And we want God's blessing here, and we want his blessing for your life as well. And so make sure your account, man, looks like you belong to Jesus. Giving reflects your commitment. It comes from your heart. And when you give the best, God will always bless the rest. Here's what I want to do today for you. First of all, if you haven't fully surrendered your life over to Christ, we need to start right there. Nothing else in our lives will matter if we're not aligned with the Lord. And so in a moment, I'm going to give you the chance to say yes to Christ uh, in, in prayer. Second, 
I want you to start giving if you haven't begun yet. Don't worry about the amount. Just start doing something. What's God leading you to start with? Okay, remember, this is a reflection of our commitment and obedience to the Lord. If you can start today just by giving to our website, right, that'd be huge. Go, go, go to our website, click give and start right now. And don't stop today. Keep giving consistently in that form of worship, right? Give God the best and he'll bless the rest. So Father, I love you, man. Thank you so much for who you are, for your goodness and grace. Lord, I pray for those right now who would say, I, I need to make a commitment to follow Jesus. My heart's not in it. I'm not all the way in, but today I want to change that. And so right, at, right where you are, running, working out, driving, just, just take a moment in your own words, begin to acknowledge your need for God. Say a prayer kind of like this, Jesus, I need you. I, I, I want my life to be in your hands. I've done things my way. Uh, I, I realize I have wrongs I need to be forgiven of. And so I'm asking you to forgive me of my sin, cleanse me from my wrong, and save me. And I don't want to call the shots anymore. I don't want to lead me anymore. I, I kind of seen where that's gotten. I want to follow you. I want you to lead me. I want to live out the plan you have for my life. I want you, God, to, to guide me. And so from this day forward, I'm choosing to follow and obey you. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Amen. And Father, we pray now for the rest of us who maybe we're struggling out there to, to give. Maybe we had a bad experience with church and giving. Maybe, God, we've had an issue with uh, funds in the past and how church handled it. Whatever it is, we've, we've, we've stopped this form of worship. Lord, I pray that you would reignite something in us. Reignite that, that spark uh, to worship again through giving. Reignite the importance and the need to give God and reflect that commitment uh, in, in our in that we have for you in our lives. Lord, I pray we would obediently follow you in this path and give, whether it's to Radiant Church or, or whatever local church that we're a part of in, 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 in different states and countries that people are watching and listening from. Lord, we we're praying right now that we would be actively worshiping through giving with the local church community that we are a part of uh, today. And I thank you for what you're going to do in every heart and every life. And as we give the best, we know and believe and trust God, you will bless the rest. And we ask this in your name. Amen. Well, man, hey. Thanks for listening. If you have any questions or would like to reach out to us, you can do so by emailing us at media at radiantchurchsc.com or visit one of our social accounts on Facebook, Instagram, or YouTube. If you like what you heard today, subscribe to our podcast so you don't miss any future episodes and give us a five-star rating on the podcast platform that you listen to. We hope you have an amazing rest of your day.